0: Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us on the Inspired to Action podcast. Today, I have Jessica Turner with us. She is the author of The Fringe Hours and The Mom Creative Blog. And you are gonna love what we talk about today. For those of you who are working moms, whether you work in an office or you work at home, you're trying to balance a hundred different things. Jessica not only has lived it and lives it, but she's learned a lot and she's gonna share that with us today. So Jessica, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for having me. I always love being on your show.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about you and your family so people can get a grid for kind of the things that you're juggling in
1: the day to day life. Sure. So I live in Nashville with my husband Matthew, and we have three kids. Elias is eight and in second grade. My little girl Adeline is five and in kindergarten. And then I have an almost two year old little boy. Uh, I work full time outside the home at a big hospital system doing content strategy and marketing and social media. And then I run my blog, The Mom Creative, and then I'm a writer and speaker as well. So I definitely have my hands in a lot of things and really Really resonate with the working mom conversation and so your your book
0: the fringe hours it really kind of brought home the concept that you know you are doing a lot and as you're just saying it i'm thinking oh my goodness how does she fit it all in and that's kind of what the fringe hours was about how you fit all of those things in how do you how you make the most of the, those extra hours in the day and so now you've come up with a new course to help moms just get a handle on things tell us a little bit about that
1: Yeah. So my book, The Fringe Hours, Making Time for You, came out in 2015. And it's really a permission slip for women to make time for themselves and practice self-care. And as I've been on this journey of talking with women all around the country, I realized that there was a bigger conversation that I wanted to be having with working moms in particular. And so I surveyed 2,000 working moms this summer. And over and over, the thing that they said was that I'm stretched too thin. Over and over. It was unbelievable. 2,000 responses, I would say one in five, they used that phrase, stretch too thin. And so I've developed this course that has just launched this week. It's open October 10th through the 17th. And it is for working moms who feel that stretch too thin and really dives into those struggles that we all face, making time for ourselves, making time for our spouses, how we parent well, dealing with some of those emotions like mom guilt and comparison, how we manage our homes and how to just feel like instead of just surviving, you are actually thriving in your calling as a working mom. So would you define a working mom for us? That's a that's a good question, Kat. So for me, the audience that I'm talking to is somebody who is doing a job that is bringing an income. So this isn't to be divisive in the mommy wars of, you know, if you are a stay at home mom, that that is not a job because it absolutely is. But this is really speaking to the moms who are doing some sort of job that is contributing to their family, and they're having just another layer of tension and things to think about because they have that job responsibility. So that can be work at home, that can be part-time, full-time, working in an office, working in a factory, any sort of job of that nature. Mm -hmm. Where they're really having to
0: think, and, and you know, as a mom, we want to be creative. We want to excel in that Area and so, as a working mom, there's this whole other area that we're having to think about and want to, wanting to excel in, and it sort of separates some of our energy and our time and our efforts, and and that's really the audience that you're talking to. So, tell me a little bit about um, working. In an office mom versus working at a home mom, because I know this is something that I, I sort of struggled with this week because my daughter calls one day and says, hey, mom, can you bring um, some pants for my friend? Because she was flagged for out of dress code. And I'm like, OK, well, I guess so, because the whole concept of, oh, well, mom's just at home. She's not right. working." Right. Right. So. You know, I can bring clothes for my friends, my kids, friends, not even just my kids. So what are some of the struggles that that working moms face, whether they work in an office or work at home, that maybe sometimes um, aren't perceived by those in their in their lives, their families or friends and, and things that they're trying to juggle?
1: I can certainly speak to that just from my own experience that my husband works from home. And so I I think that he has some of that same type of thing. Daycare will call and I'll call him and say, hey, can you go run and do this? Right. Um, Because he's at home. And so even though he's working, he has a little bit more flexibility. And so I think um, the boundaries can maybe be a little more blurred if you're working at home. And so that is something that can be a bigger struggle, I think, for moms who work at home is really creating those boundaries of when am I working and I'm not available and I have my work hat on? And when do I have my mom hat on? But I think it gets into the bigger conversation of the phrase work-life balance, which I hate, but it's so part of our culture that I feel like it has to come up. Um, but I think it's really that idea of satisfaction in all of the things, including work and life. But it is that notion that how are we feeling in terms of juggling career and family? Because those things are absolutely bleeding into one another. You know, if I have a son who's sick and I'm working at my hospital job, That's absolutely on my mind. And that's paying, uh, impacting the time that I'm spending there or what I'm thinking about or if I'm distracted in those types of things. And I think that is universal that um, our work is a part of life. It isn't separating it on a scale so to speak where work is on one side and everything else is on the other work is just a part of the story and so i think when we think about thriving and working motherhood is how does that become a part of our story in such a way that we don't feel fried and overwhelmed but it's just part of our life story and our calling and who we are so what's one answer you would give to that question i in ter- are you saying in terms of the working mom's st- struggle who is outside the home versus at home? No, just
0: that last question that you asked about, you know, the, 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 the battle between um, the just that balance that we, we – I know you said you, you hate the word work-life balance. Right.
1: So w- what is really the – you know, I think I- – I think it's using that word satisfaction instead. And are you satisfied with the life that you've created that includes work? Mm -hmm. Um, so you, for instance, in developing stretch too thin, honestly, I was stretched too thin in developing it, right? Because it was a ton of time, a ton of additional time working outside of my normal nine to five and my normal writing on the mom creative and speaking and those types of things, right? It was a lot of additional work. Um, but it was something that I was really excited about and really passionate about the message. And the creation process is something that invigorates me and excites me. And so even though I was very busy, I was very satisfied in my work. Um, And that is, I think, what really matters is, am I satisfied in my work? Am I satisfied in the life that I'm living even with having a career mm-hmm. versus there, if you would say work-life balance, that was probably out of balance, right? And because I was certainly working more than I was doing maybe tending to some other things. But in terms of satisfaction, that was really high. Um, and I was really intentional about, we just had fall break. And so we went to the mountains for four days. And for the most part, I didn't work when I was in the mountains. And so even though I had this big launch coming up, I knew that I needed to take some time for rest and to really focus on my family. And so um, I think recognizing how you're living um, and if you're satisfied or if you're feeling like you're running on fumes is something that's really important. So the mom listening who's
0: like, wait, I think I identify with that running on fumes and not with the satisfaction thing. What would you say? Yeah. To her?
1: I would say you you probably need to check out "Stretch Too Thin," honestly, um, because I think that is where a lot of women are, um, and it's something that I certainly resonate with and have experienced in my own life. But I think that isn't my norm, and so I think it's going through what those struggles are. Um, I identified. A few kind of main struggles that working moms deal with, they deal with um, making time for their spouses. Um, Two-thirds of the moms that I surveyed said that that was something that was a challenge for them. 80% of the moms that I talked to said that managing their home um, was a challenge for them, and that could mean a whole host of different things. About the same number, 80% said that self-care was a challenge for them. And then some of the other struggles dealt with the emotions, you know, feeling guilty or feeling comparison or doubt and some of those types of things. Um, and then there's even challenges with, uh, I think, related to those feelings of how am I parenting well and being present um, when I am working and what does my time at home look like? And so I think there's a whole host of different ways we could go, cat, in terms of what that mom who's listening might be feeling, a lot of different trails we could go. But ultimately, it's about identifying what those key struggles are for you and um, maybe shifting um, how much you're doing or thinking about some things that you could add in and subtract some other things um, so that you feel whatever whatever thriving is to you, because that's going to mean different things for different people. Um, for some people, the idea of creating a course while working full time is horrible and something they would absolutely not want to do with their time. It would not be satisfying in any way. And so it's difficult for me to speak broadly. um, But what I can say is some specific things, I think, within each of those different struggles. So let's talk about some of those emotions, because I think underlying
0: whatever their challenges may be, whether it's their marriage or whether they say it's home management or self-care, underlying fundamentally the struggle that they have is their emotions that they're not... Enough for one of those areas. What are some of those ways that that women could address those emotions?
1: Gosh, there's so many. Why don't I start with comparison because I, I think that that's a big one and that's one that I have um, been talking to women about for a few years now because it it came out so much in the fringe hours as well that we are looking at Pinterest, we're looking at Instagram, we're looking at the media, and we have this ideology of this is what our life should look like. This is what we should be doing. Um, With it being fall, I've been seeing all these pictures of beautiful porches and I'm like, this is what my porch should look like. And I don't have time to go get the right pumpkins and the perfect mums and all the things. Right. And so um, I think that to eliminate comparison, it might be that you need to limit your social media consumption or just the general media consumption that you currently do in a week um, and that that can be a big help. It also is recognizing what is important to you and what you're passionate about. So just because it is important to another mom in your life that they throw a lavish birthday party and create all of these you know, cute decorations and that sort of thing, that might not be your gifting or something that you're passionate with. And so you about and so you shouldn't be using that as your benchmark for if you're parenting well. Um And I think so often that's what we do. And then when you layer on the career aspect as well and limited time with that, I think accepting that good enough is often good enough and that we don't need to be striving for this unrealistic perfection all the time that nobody is coming in and judging what you're doing. Nobody is coming score of how clean your kitchen is. And i um, just being comfortable and satisfied with what your capacity is instead of striving for unreasonable expectations, I think is so key. Well, and I think it goes back to, to what you're talking about that satisfaction because
0: we might strive for something that ultimately is not going to satisfy us. And, and so knowing what, what am I pursuing? That's actually going to satisfy us. For for example, I live in Waco, Texas and Waco, Texas is also well known for another half Asian married to a white guy named Joanna Gaines. <laughs> and, um, so a lot, we have a lot of mutual friends and I'll have friends who maybe at Joanna's house yesterday and they'll come over to my house today. And it, that used to be like, okay, that's really, um, it's really kind of intimidating cuz their houses all look amazing cuz she helped them decorate them. And then they come to my house and my house is like I am completely not into decorating. And there's a foosball table in my living room and a basketball hoop in my living room. That's amazing. And and it took me, you know, for, for a while I was like that's that's really intimidating. I I really need to, you know, step up my game. My house really needs to have ship lap somewhere. And I realized, <laughs> you know, but that I don't I don't really I don't care about that. And my kids don't care about that. We like playing basketball in the middle of the day. We like playing foosball in the middle of the day. And that's what we enjoy. And so being able to identify that and then be like, okay, I have, you know, frat frat house style. That's, that's, that's my home decor style. We have sports equipment all through the house. And that's what we like. And that's what satisfies us. And that's what brings our family together. And being able to identify that and then not feel like I need to reach some sort of pinnacle of, you know, decor in my home brought so much freedom. And so, you know, I would imagine for the moms listening as well, you know, if they feel like they need to become the eventual president of the company, just because that's what people do. But maybe that's not the thing that satisfies them.
1: That that is so true. And I think when I was First starting out in my marketing career, that's what I thought that I wanted, Kat. And that has really changed for me. And I've realized that that isn't what would satisfy me, that that volume of work and that type of work and that title isn't what really brings me joy in my career. And I needed to recognize that so that I could let that aspiration go. And I think that that aspiration was sort of placed on my heart only because that's what I thought that's what I was supposed to aspire to and not necessarily what was good for me or my family or my giftings.
0: Mm -hmm. How did you how did you come to that realization? Was it just over the uh, process or did you hit a point at work when you're like, this is is too much, maybe this isn't the direction I need to go?
1: I think it was probably this latter. Um, I worked for a boutique agency, um, and I worked a lot of hours and then I became a mother after I was there a few years and then had my second child um, a few years later. And when I became pregnant with her, I realized, man, I cannot keep working at this capacity. I'm going to need to find a different job. And so I actually first changed jobs. And that was a significant shift in my career for sort of the trajectory that I was headed on. Um, And then while I've been at my new place of employment, I've really recognized no, I don't want to be the chief marketing officer. I'm really happy, you know, kind of being in the middle and doing the work and being able to leave work at work and not be so consumed with this particular career. And um, it just evolved. I think it evolved as I became uh, more comfortable in my own skin, as I gained wisdom as I recognized who I was as a mother and the type of mother that I wanted to be. Um, and so that's not to say that you can't be the CEO and be a great mom. Um, that's just to say that in my own story, that being that high level job at a big corporate company wasn't a fit for me. Um, and I think that that involves thinking about what makes you happy and setting goals and not, I think so often we take time to plan our vacations and we don't take time to plan our lives. And I think that we need to do more of that. I think that we need to do more self-reflection and more goal setting. And that's something that I talk about in the course as well as setting goals and making kind of those those goals for yourself that you can attain um, that then can lead to bigger goals. I think that that's really important that we take the time to do that.
0: I wonder if that's kind of where the whole work-life balance phrase could fit in and make a little bit more sense even. That if we uh, kind of figure out what what we want our our level, our standard to be, and instead of having a work-life balance of everybody else's expectations, balancing things out and realizing, you know, like for myself, I don't necessarily want to travel and speak a lot. Even though it looks cool on the internet and I see other people do it and friends do it, I know that that's not something that I necessarily want to do. And so in that whole work-life balance, concept. It's the idea of saying, okay, this is as much weight as I want to put on the scale. And then as a mom, this is how much weight I want to put on that scale. And so instead of trying to balance maybe everything that everybody expects us to do, figuring out exactly how much we want to invest uh, into the different areas of our life and the the levels of uh, quote unquote success we want to have in each area. Um, So tell me a little bit about, you know, we talked about mom saying that they feel like some of their challenges are our home management and self-care and, and, and balancing their marriage. Where do, where do working moms have time for friendship?
1: Yeah. Friendship is a big one. And I think that it is often the thing that is neglected the most, um, because it, <clears throat> we think about the have to do's and friendship I think for a lot of women falls in the self-care bucket. And like I said, 80% of women said that self-care was something that was a struggle for them. And I think friendship for a lot of women fits into that, but it's even an additional layer. And so what happens is, is that working moms are really lonely because they're not prioritizing Making time for community. And so I think that's something that we need to fight for. And it looks different if you're in an office versus if you're in a retail setting versus if you're in a factory or you're working at home. But regardless of what your career is, I think that you need to identify opportunities for community in your life and how you can maybe foster that. So I'll give an example of what it looks like in my life. So I have my traditional nine to five and uh, I work with a lot of women. There's about 45 people in our department and it's primarily women and a lot of us are readers and I'm a big reader and I've always wanted to be in a book club and I've never kind of found the right one and so I thought you know what I'm gonna start one at work and it has been amazing we do it just every other month we pick a different book every time obviously and it rotates to a different person's house so no no one's carrying the brunt of the responsibility, and it has been a great way to get to know my colleagues outside of work, um, I have a non-work topic to discuss, and really has brought about a great sense of community at the office. And so that's just one example of how you can foster friendship even with the people that you work with. But ultimately, I think we all want to be known and I think friendship is the way that that happens, right? Um, and so I think that it's really important that we fight for it. I think that it's really important that our kids see us making time for friends. Um, I experienced in my research for the Fringe Hours and um, in doing different talks around the country that so many women will say that, well, I work and I'm out of the house want to be away from my kids. And while I get that, um, because I certainly feel that too, you know, I want to spend those precious few hours that I have at night with my kids most of the time. I think that it's really healthy for me as a person (laughs) to get out once in a while and to have that time with friends and for my kids to see that. I think that that's a healthy behavior to model. And so I don't think that going out and making time for friends and being in community is something um, that is a nice to do. I really think that it's a need to do and something that a lot of Women neglect.
0: And I wonder if there's also just so much support as well, especially with you, with your book club, you know, having it with you, with your, your coworkers. And so that they understand some of the struggles that you have of balance and friendship and marriage and home management and self care and all those things. And so that friendship becomes a support network as well, just allowing you to, you know, do that much better as, as a mom or as an employee or whatever. And so there's, there's so much, not just in the f- sheer friendship of it, but people kind of just to walk the whole journey with you as well. I love that.
1: Yeah, I think that that's very true. And, you know, it's been great because it's been a form of self-care for the women that I work with as well, is taking that time for themselves to read. Reading was the number one thing that women said that they wanted to do if they had more time for themselves. And so Mm -hmm. it's meeting a need for those women as well. And they're reading new books that they never would have read. And frankly, for some of them, better books than the types of books that they were reading. And so it's been really fun to see all the positive things that have come out of just reading six fiction books a year.
0: I love that. So let's talk about our kids now. Um, and our kids have a variety of friends who have a variety of experience with their moms and, and kids have different expectations of us in different seasons of life. How can we talk to our kids about work, what we do, uh, you know, what, what we're able to do for them and what we're not able to do for them and that whole balance thing as well?
1: Yeah, gosh. And I think it depends a lot on the age, Kat, but I think overall it is involving your children in your work in some capacity. So it might be simply explaining to them what you do. So for instance, my job at the hospital, you know, I'm talking to my, my kids about what mommy does during the day is helps tell other mommies and daddies about the really cool things that our hospital does to help kids. And so that's just a very simple way to explain what marketing is right to them. But then they sort of have a sense of, wow, this my mommy is doing something that's helping other mommies and daddies. Um, we also do a lot to bring it to kind of their level of understanding in terms of what's in it for them. So mommy needs to work so that we can buy groceries and so that we can go do these cool vacations and that sort of thing. And so then that's something tangible for them. Um, as they get older, I think, um, you know, maybe involving them in conversations about maybe career choices or not necessarily the big, big conversations, but, you know, involving them if, you know, you're changing jobs or you have a neat opportunity in letting them know that, hey, this is something that's going on, that this might change the hours that mommy works, or this might change, you know, how often we can travel or what that is. I think involving them in the conversation because they're a part of your family, they're impacted by your work. And so, um, I think the biggest thing is involving them. It's, Really neat and stretched too thin. We have a bonus section. And one of the bonuses is conversations that I had with different working moms. And one is with Angie Smith, who I think you know, Kat. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has girls that are older than my kids. And she talks about that a lot, about how they just bring her kids into the conversation and say, you know, this is something that mommy has had an opportunity to do. What do you think of it? So that then they are a part of the story. And I think that that is really powerful.
0: What would you say to the mom who is struggling to communicate to her kid um, about, you know, maybe there's there's consistently different things that come up and so she's not able to do certain things, you know, be a, a chaperone on a school field trip and that sort of thing. I know part of that is just, you know, helping them understand, you know, what we do. But how do we handle those conversations and those maybe disappointments with our kids when our work and our home life come into conflict?
1: That is such a good one. I have that happen recently because I had to travel for a speaking engagement on um, a soccer Saturday for my kids and I was going to be missing one of their games. And um, I think that it is about being fully present when you are with them. So it's saying to them, you know what, I'm not going to be able to be at this, but next weekend when I am home, we're going to do this and I'm going to make it up to you in that way. And it's about being really intentional with the time that you have. And it might be looking at the time that you have with them differently. Um, You know, for some working moms who work late, um, they might miss story time and they feel bad about that. Well, you know what, you can read stories anytime, like do story time in the morning. No one says that story time only can be at bedtime, you know, so it might be being creative with the time that you have with your kids. But I think it is letting them know that they matter and being intentional when you are present with them.
0: So good. So good. So I would like just one more question for you. Okay. So there's moms listening that they're like, okay, all this is, is really good. All this is helpful. But just fundamentally, maybe they just need a little word of encouragement from you know, a mom who's been there and a mom who experiences what they're experiencing, what would you just say just to encourage the mom listening right now who's like, okay, I know I need to do something. I know I need to to, to kind of figure this out. I need to change how I think about it. But I just need a little pep talk right now. What would you
1: say just to encourage, encourage the mom listening? I would say you are a great mom. I think the fact that you're even considering man, I might want to do some things differently. I don't want to feel stretched too thin. I don't want to be snapping at my kids and not having time for my spouse, the person who I love the most on the planet, right? Like, I don't want to be exhausted and overwhelmed and crabby all the time. And I think that recognizing that is so powerful and says to me, you are an amazing mom. Your kids are so lucky to have you. So don't be discouraged. In fact, be encouraged that there are resources out there, that there are other women out there who feel the exact same way and that you can make changes in your life so that you don't feel like you are just barely making it every day, but that you are really thriving in who you are and in all of the roles that you have. I love it. Jessica, where can people find out more about the Stretch Too Thin course? They can find more information at stretchedtothincourse.com forward slash inspired. And so, just go there; it'll give you an overview of everything. There's ten video lessons. There's a couple hundred dollars worth of bonuses. I mean, free products, free classes, free ebooks, lots of great additional resources. There's a private Facebook group with other working moms from all over the country, really going through this process and saying, hey, this is something that I am struggling with. Can anyone give me advice? Just an awesome group of women. I'm so, so excited about it. And I think that it's just going to be a huge encouragement for working moms today who are saying, you know what? That's me. I'm stretched too thin. I want to be in community with other women who feel the same way and figure this out so that I feel like I'm thriving again. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. I love that you've really kind of not only
0: experienced this and are sharing your story, but you've also boiled it down into something that moms can really learn from and walk away from with tools and things that are going to help them uh, really find that satisfaction in both work and life. So thank you so much. And everybody go be sure to check out um, stretchtothincourse.com forward slash inspired. Thanks, Jessica.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: going to be a God day, a God day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a God day.